0: Hi! I'm trying this again. i um, going to see how this works on my phone, first of all, and I'm um, trying to do my broadcast number 36 uh, for my intermittent fasting podcast and videocast. cast. trying to do that um, simultaneously on my phone and my computer, which is quite a feat for me. <laughs> As you all well know, so first of all, I got on. Now I'm on my phone here with the with my personal page. Um, normally, I do these broadcasts. Uh, they po- they become podcasts. And they're also video cast, and they're also housed at my blog and at YouTube. And normally, I do those um, just in my Facebook, my private Facebook group, my intermittent fasting group. Um, but this particular episode is. Um, what I have learned in one year of intermittent fasting. And I thought it might be really just relevant to people who might be considering uh, intermittent fasting, um, who maybe have felt like diet failures during the year 2018. Uh, I just thought maybe it might uh, be better for a wider audience and not just uh, people who are in my group um, who are intermittent fasting. So if you guys can bear with me, anybody who is up there <laughs> in, the, in my personal page, I'm going to try um, to go into my, um, my group and on my computer now too. So here we go. We'll see how this goes. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Intermittent Fasting Broadcast. And uh, today I have you, my uh, Facebook group here, as well as I'm on my personal page too, since I am talking about a topic uh, that I think is, is um, appealing to a lot of people, not just those who are currently intermittent fasting. And uh, so the outline that you guys have on both places is pretty jumbled, I'm sorry about that, but that's how it looks whenever I copy and paste it into the Facebook group. However, those of you who will watch it at the blog, uh uh on YouTube and then also at um, iTunes and the podcast'll we'll get a nice clean perfect outline like you know I always like to do so um I actually started out with this just as many of you know who uh, follow my regular broadcast in my intermittent fasting group I start out with this creating this outline and preparing all of this on my iPad and it doesn't have wor- uh, it doesn't have word in it and so what that means is that it um does not tell me the word count. And so one of the things that I've been learning is that I have to watch my word count when I'm preparing these outlines because if I get over about 800, 900 words in my outline, then it's too long for one episode. So um, I copied and pasted it <laughs> into Word and it was 2,000 words. So this is going to be a two-parter, all right? So the outline that you have there in its, in its messiest form um, may or may not um, be, doesn't even look like these people have the outline at all. I can't tell, um, may or may not be, um, what we get to today. So anyway, I am excited to bring you my one year, um, summary if you will of what I have learned from intermittent fasting and uh, I learned a lot as I was preparing this outline and those of you who are in the group you know you know everything I talk about every week and some of the things that I teach about this some of this will be repeat of that because it is just really what I have learned and how I've grown um, in my understanding of weight management. Um, of food, of cravings, just everything that I've learned. Well, not everything i learned, obviously, because these are only 45-minute episodes. So anyway, but thank you for joining me. So first of all, I always like to give a summary. So we are one year in, and those of you who have heard me talk about, um, actually last weekend was Ray's one-year anniversary, and I'm going to be doing his separately because he has a really unique story um, also of um, how he came to intermittent fast was actually because he could no longer ballroom dance. So I know. Isn't he so sweet? So anyway, that's actually, I mean, you know, I like to think he did it for me. I just think, oh my word, he did this for me. I mean, he loves uh, ballroom dancing too, but I was pretty excited to see that he was um, doing this for me. So anyway, um, I'm hoping that everybody can see me and that I'm turned the right direction. So I'm just going to keep on going as though I am. All right. So uh, our one year, our, our summary today, our story today, um, of course, I started one month ahead of Ray, and our successes over uh, the last year, and actually, you know, I talk about these each week, but in my episodes, but um, p- particularly just specifically for tonight's episode, that Ray went from a 48 pant to a 38 Pants, So that was just super, super exciting. You should have seen him when he got below 40. He was so cute, um, as he always is. So anyway, he uh, went from a 48 to a 38, and from a 2X shirt to large. And um, he would probably want people to know that he has some mediums in his closet. So he's super, super darling about that too. And and I went from a loose 14, a tight 12, to a loose 10. And um, I'm really excited about that in pants and jeans. And uh, he has lost 85 pounds. I've lost 23, but lost closer to 50, actually, over the last couple of years. So, um, But just really getting towards our goals um, with intermittent fasting specifically and the, uh, our healthy supplementation that I also speak about different times. Alright, so our immediate goals. What are we working towards right now? First of all, um, Ray has been super, super busy starting some new businesses. Uh, He's completely self-employed now. He is teaching out of our home. He's doing um, uh, half-day homeschool as well as lots of private teaching. I cannot get my necklace right. Uh, Lots of private teaching, and um, so uh, he—it's just really consuming all of his time. And so, and when school started, his workouts went out the window. So, one immediate goal is to get him back to working out over the holidays, and he wants us to. I'm not like making him or anything. So, um, my goal for him—this is what I'm going to make him do. No, you can't make a guy do anything, right? (laughs) They have to want to, and we have to encourage them. So, anyway, I get him back to his working out over the holidays when his teaching load is lessened. So that's one thing that's an immediate goal. Um, One of my immediate goals is to continue my workout schedule five to seven sessions of strength training and toning of 45 minutes uh, per session um, each week and not to gain over the holidays. Uh, Last year we lost during December. Um, This year we are just we're losing a little bit. I'm definitely losing um, as far as my gold pants. I keep on getting new gold pants and that's exciting and um, but with only two weeks left until the new year and all of the festivities that are coming up, we are just planning to hold our own. So uh, we might lose a little, but it doesn't matter if we don't. Um, it is really just a matter of making sure that we're not overindulging, that we're not overeating, that we're you know not binging just because there's sugar around and things like that. So those are some immediate goals. And then to continue fasting, and uh, last week's episode, episode number thirty-five, was all about fasting during specials. And so, if you have not heard that one yet, it talks about holidays, it talks about vacations, weekends away, things like that. Um, that is where I talk about, you know, get, keeping that average up so that fasting does not go by the wayside just because there's a special occasion that where there's no off and on with intermittent fasting. So you can check that out. That's broadcast number thirty-five. Uh, Long-term goals, he, Ray would like to lose 25 more. I would like to lose my last 17. Um, His eventual size goal is 36 and a medium shirt, and mine is an eight and a medium. But um, you never know with strength training where you're going to end up. That's an exciting thing. And also just with the recompositioning, um, I don't have time to get into that tonight. I did talk about it in previous broadcasts, but the recompositioning as intermittent fasting actually helps you target fat, And retain muscle and so the recompositioning of your body that takes place even when you're no longer losing weight with intermittent fasting so I don't know where I'll end up it'll be exciting wherever it is I'll be very happy for it and uh, long-term goal to continue to control my eating window and keep learning how to reduce cravings reduce appetite uh, more and more through my research and my blog study so What I have learned, I have so many things that I've learned, and then I was like, yeah, I only have like five big points, and it was like, oh my word, those sub points are gonna kill me, I'll never get through them. So um, that's okay, I'm just gonna get through what I can today, and the next week's episode will be part two of this. So what I've learned, the first thing really across the board that I have learned is the the fact that we just eat so much food, and um, We being, me being a part of that and, you know, all of us as human beings and, you know, the accessibility of food, the um, how everything is centered around food, the frequency with which we eat is just. Like, way, way, way too much. It's estimated that we eat 10 to 20 times in every 24 hour period. Research has shown that. Um, and people will say, no, you know, I eat seven times, or I eat six times, or I eat five times, or whatever. But the, the research shows that that's not true, that we always underestimate how much we eat and how many times we eat. Um, And it's not because we're liars, it's just because, you know, it's it's easy to underestimate those things. So um, the research shows it's 10 to 20 times in every 24 hour period when you have a caloric intake. So that would be, you know, mints, scraping off your child's plate, cream in your coffee, um, you know, a sip of your child's orange juice, whatever that might be. And just that we have um, just, we just eat way, way, way too much. And uh, when I talk about research here in a little bit, Uh, One of the things that is interesting about research is that it's very sketch and you can't, you know, there's, it's all over the place and it's hard to determine, you know, does this really apply, you know, what does this study really mean, does it apply to me, does it apply to what I'm doing here, Um, is it even, you know, accurate, Um, but There is one thing that has been proven across the board, and I like to look at that a lot of times uh, when I am studying and researching for my blog and for my own personal benefit. Uh, One of the things I like to look at is, you know, how wide is this and how accepted is this? How across the board is this? And there is one thing that has been found over and over and over and over again for like 50 years or more actually um in all types of mammalian studies and so this goes from rodents up to primates um not humans specifically and most um fat weight loss metabolism those kind of things most of that research is based on a lot of times it's based on rodents um because it's very difficult Unless you're in, unless you have like in a metabolic center or something like that to really control people enough to do long-term studies on them, um, if you want to say for sure this is what they ate and so forth, so that can be kind of difficult to do. But the one thing across the board, uh, throughout uh, the literature, mammalian studies, no matter what camp you're in, is that the one thing that would change our lives for the better, both in terms of weight management, disease prevention, anti-aging. Um, you, uh, energy and so forth across the board is if we ate thirty percent less than we do, and uh, so you know when you get when you hear all these arguments, you know you got to eat low carb, you got to eat low fat, you got to eat ve- vegan, you got to eat natural, you got to eat, you know, whole foods, you know, whatever, you can't eat meat, you can't only eat meat, you know, whatever, there are so many different protocols out there, but this is the one thing that's been across the board, and I just, I find that interesting because that has been my personal experience was that I just look back and I think, wow, we used to eat a lot, we just used to eat a lot, and um, so I just think that that's, that's really um, exciting because we don't need to eat that much, and we can we can do so much for ourselves, so much for our bodies, simply by just eating less. Um, and I really found that when I uh, got into intermittent fasting, because I came from different diet protocols, right, because, you know, I'm 54 years old, I've dieted since I was 12, you know, so that's what, 42 years of experience uh, of dieting, uh, you know, I've lost 100 pounds a couple different times, uh, once specifically i lost 100 pounds within a year um, and so through all of that diet experience um, i found that one of the things that i needed to undo was you know a preoccupation with a certain style of eating and i i think that this really fits well with the whole you know eating 30% less because i had to because i was so ingrained in different eating styles throughout my dieting history. So, you know, I would be on this one protocol where you ate fats part of the time and and, carb, and par, carbs part of the time, and you divided those up. Uh, some of you may have heard of that uh, or, or many, many years ago. It was proposed by Suzanne Summers actually. Um, and a lot of people have, have that protocol. And then, you know, you've got the Weight Watchers, and then you do the points and the calories, which actually does usually make you reduce your entire intake, which isn't all bad across the board. But, but then I was low carb a lot or I attempted to be low-carb. I even attempted to be keto part of that time. And so the preoccupation that I had with these different eating protocols led me to eat more than I really needed to eat because it was more like if it fit into this, then I ate it. And it wasn't like I don't need this much food. It was more like this fits. This fits so I can eat a lot of this cream cheese, whatever, 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 because it fit into into what my preconceived ideas were as to what I should and shouldn't eat. And so, um, that for me, now that I'm not saying this happens to everybody who does low carb, but a lot of people do not have success on low carb simply because they're eating way too many calories. And I talk about that and, in, in, um, like how to count your macros and stuff like that in an earlier, in earlier broadcast at DonnaReach.com. Um, but... Uh, that preoccupation with that can cause us really just to eat more than we need because all we're thinking about is eating what is in the boundaries, eating what the rules let us eat as opposed to just cutting it back completely. Um, So fasting has decreased um, calories naturally without as much effort as trying to, you know, take down this macronutrient, take down this macronutrient, go low fat, go low carb, you know, don't eat, sugar, don't eat flour, whatever it is, Um, and it has decreased calories naturally without as much effort, and there are a number of reasons, you might guess, for one thing, of course, the shorter eating window, uh, when I talk about eating window, for those of you who are on my personal page, the eating window is the window each day in which you eat, and this is three, five, six, eight hours, depending on what fasting protocol you follow, and um, so that eating window is you know instead of eating 16 hours a day, which is um, what research shows that most of us will eat, uh, because we a lot of people are, eat you know drink the last drink or eat the last bite right before bed, and then they put cream in their coffee as soon as they arise. So with those with that combination, we're always having caloric intake. Um, like 16 hours each day. So instead of eating 16 hours each day with intermittent fasting, you eat only three, five, six, or eight hours a day, depending on which protocol you're following. And so that shortened window, of course, naturally skims calories off the top. Now, I like to to preface this with it does not skim calories off the top to like a, a severe calorie restriction. Um, because though because severe calorie restriction like um, VLCD, very low calorie diets, like 800, 900 calories a day, those types of uh, low calorie diets are really harmful to your metabolism. And so it, it's not doing that. And I also like to note that that's not the only way that people lose weight with intermittent fasting, right? Otherwise, we could just count calories. There, there, there's, as you'll, as you'll hear as I go through here, some of the other things I learned. You'll hear some of the cool things that actually happen during intermittent fasting. But the short eating window definitely skims off calories off the top. So we are getting closer to the caloric uh, amount that we have at our goal weight, which is an important way to go because we have to be heading that direction to that caloric intake that we're going to need at our goal. And we have to be heading there and able to stay there Um and I'm gonna talk about that in just a second too. So appetite correction is another thing that helps with the decreasing of calories. And like I said, all of this is in previous episodes because this is my 36th episode. So um, I do this every week, um, except for when I was recording my course um, and recording my some of my freebies. But um, appetite correction is when your ghrelin and leptin are balanced and your blood sugar and insulin are lowered and of course, Another thing that happens often is that you get very picky about what you're going to eat. Stop and think if every day, instead of eating three meals you know, and two snacks, you ate one meal and two snacks, or one meal and one snack, you're going to be very selective about what you eat during that time. And we just kept pickier and pickier and pickier, and you just don't want to eat anything that that, you don't, you know, that isn't very nutritious or that you don't love because who wants to fill that small amount of space up with food you do not love? So you get pickier and pickier. Um, also, uh, you, with, another thing that intermittent fasting does is it helps you to feel full faster um, when you do eat. So all of those things help to decrease your calories as well. And then just, just generally speaking, you stop and think about how, um, for example, last night we came home from the dance at at ten o'clock, I had goodies left, and before I was intermittent fasting, it didn't matter if I were hungry or not. I would just grab a couple of those goodies and fill my ice water and go to bed or you know get a diet Coke or whatever, and go to bed and eat those goodies. But now I have a specified beginning and a specified ending, and so I just cut out you know that four hundred calories five hundred calories worth of goodies you know when when I'm cooking. You know for a festivity or something like that like right now during this busy holiday time you know I would normally just be eating all while I'm cooking you know tasting everything cutting bars and, and tasting those but instead of just cutting out entire blocks of time um, from getting food from having food so it definitely cuts out a lot of extraneous calories that I would otherwise have so Um, basically just way too much food and too many calories just across the board. And if you've ever, you know, like had a meal and then you're like, oh man, we're going to go out or we're going to do this. I hope I get hungry again. Well, that's because we have too much, right? When you have to like hope you're going to be hungry again, or you have to, you know, time it out so that you can be hungry. I know because I just came home from Disney World and had this problem the whole time because we ate two meals a day at Disney World. Uh, We ate eight, eight hours a day. Um, Ray and I did 16-8 while we were at Disney World. And, and so across the board, they're just we just don't need all that. We just simply do not eat that need that much food. And it doesn't matter what diet we're on, what protocol we're following, it doesn't matter if we're eating within the rules, we're eating within the guidelines, we're eating the best things maybe that that diet promotes, the bottom line is we just eat way too much. And that was one of the first things that I've learned from intermittent fasting uh, the next thing is that I can control food rather than it controlling me and um, uh, this is just this is not just a one-time uh, what-time thing it's just super super compelling because uh, when you have a, a when you have success with um, fasting so for for me and Ray we are on nineteen five so we average nineteen hours of fasting every day and we eat five hours in each day and um something happens in part I believe um, and I've never seen this written about or spoken about and most of the time I'm teaching something that I've learned someplace else I'm not like you know, uh, research or anything, Uh, I am, I just research every day, but I'm not a, um, that's not my area, most of you know that I have an undergraduate degree in elementary education, a master's work in reading education, Um, I do really love studying health and nutrition, like, I love, love, love it, but um, that is not my area of expertise, Uh, but a thing that I think that happens with intermittent fasting that makes people uh, prone to success is that when you are on a diet and you blow it, you have a tendency to think, well, I overdid it for the week, or I've got too many calories, I may as well forget it kind of thing. And we, you know, go off and on and off and on. I, you know, I already told you I had 40, um, 42 years of diet experience, right? (laughs) So I know what I'm talking about. Um, But with intermittent fasting, it's like, a daily goal is to get to your whether you're going to do 18 hours of fasting that day 19 hours 20 hours depending on what your occasion is and what's going on in your life and so even if you blow it one day you can always come back the next day and just succeed it's actually very very motivating because it is a daily success it's not a, um, you know I don't know when I think about calories I, I guess I think about calories for the week so it's a little bit different than that But the success that people have with intermittent fasting, whether they're, like I said, on an 18 or 19 hour window, fasting window, whatever it might be, is um, just a sense of control that carries over into other areas, including your food control during when you do eat. And I don't know exactly what... Um, The mechanism is for this. I think it's probably has something to do with like dopamine spiking from that success and you want to feel that success again, but I'm just now getting into the brain stuff, which is so interesting. Um, But uh, it carries over and it just causes you to have more success and more success. And I know that this can happen to people over time in uh, diet protocols too, because I've had it happen to me before when I lost 100 pounds 25 years ago. I was low, 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 low fat, and I just kept getting better and better and better and better at it until I only ate 800 calories a day and I knew I couldn't do that forever. But with um, intermittent fasting, I just, it's a sense of control that, um, that I can do this because of what I've just done. So it's, it's a really cool uh, thing that happens. And I already knew from my healthy supplementation about controlling blood sugar and having good he- gut health and those effects on cravings. I'd already learned, uh, I mean, I already had so many positive experiences with reducing cravings through controlling blood sugar and through um, good gut health. But when you get into a groove of fasting and you start to plan your food each day, you start to control it rather than food controlling you. And it's it's a phenomenon that if you've always felt that you had never had food control, it's actually very, very cool. And it's very empowering. Um, You know, and instead of like with old diet protocols, I always found myself like going off and then staying off. And then I wouldn't get back on for a while, you know. And you see this on social media all the time. Off my diet tonight, you know, whatever. You know, and I mean, it's not their fault, right? I mean, who can do such severe restrictions for so long? You know, everybody can't do that much restriction forever. And so we have to have tools that help us um, meet our goals. But even a bad day with intermittent fasting gets turned around immediately the next day. And so just feeling a sense of control over food, like I'm planning it, I'm in control, I'm not waiting for a time to go off, I'm not waiting for an opportunity to, to quit or to have a break from it or whatever, instead I'm controlling food rather than food controlling me. So um, it's just really, really cool. Uh, Also, one of the things that I teach in my uh, groups and in my course as well as at the blog is saving treats for the end of your eating window. We all know that a lot of times we can't control ourselves because we have sweets, we have treats, or maybe we have salty and fattening uh, snacks. It just depends on what you're more driven by. But with that, we have this whole issue of not being able to stop when we start to have those things that are treats. And so... My thinking was uh, prior to intermittent fasting, I could just never have those. And if I do, I'm just going off. I'm either off or I'm on. And I can't, and if I'm having anything that is not perfect, according to whatever protocol I'm following at that time, then I'm off. And when I'm doing perfect, then I'm perfectly, and I'm following everything exactly correctly, then I am on. And um, so one of the things that I that I teach because of the balancing of the hunger hormones and all that, is I teach saving your treat for the end of your wet eating window. So you have your snack, you have your meal, and then if you want something and you still have room, which a lot of times you don't because the intermittent fasting help you get full quickly, but then you can have that treat. Then you close your window and you're done. And there's something about that closed eating window that gives you way more control over food. And also because if you want that treat again the next day all you have to do is wait till the end of your eating window now we don't always have treats but I'm just saying just the availability or the possibility of it changes everything and makes adherence way way different than other eating protocols where everything is either good or bad and you're either completely off or completely on you're either perfect or else you're not doing it so um, I can really just decide pretty easily which foods are going to be part of my life. We have certain foods that are parts of our lives all the time when we're at home because when you're at home and it's just the two of us and we're not doing things with the kids and we're not having a party and we're not going out. And, you know, we have seven kids, right? And you know that seven adult kids, uh, 20 through 35, and they all live within a half an hour of us. Our life is one big party, right, Kayla? <laughs> our, our life can be one big party, but when we're home, this is our eating protocol and when we are going out or we're having a party we go out and have a party and it has not changed um the fact that we're still losing all the time that we're still going down in size that we're still feeling really great it's not a perfect and an imperfect thing it's just within our eating window and what we say we're going to eat during that eating window we decide and we control and we plan and that was something that always eluded me before and i know that you know some of you have heard me talk about this and about the whole idea of self discipline and one of the things that i never understood about self discipline and self control and planning your food and and you know not overeating and not bingeing and all those things is that i never understood why there were things that were very, very hard, I think, that were very, very hard in my life that I did. And, um, you know, those of you on my personal page, you know, many of you who are homeschooling moms know what I'm talking about, but all moms, you know, there are things that I did that were hard. There were things that I, like scheduling our homeschool and homeschooling for 32 years and making sure everybody had a good education and the self-discipline and also disciplining children. That's hard, hard work. And yet, I Ray and I both, we were able to accomplish that. Um, I've been able to write 100 books, 50,000 pages. You know, Ray was just was running factories all the time. But I, we never understood why this whole thing about food eluded us. And why, if we can be successful here, and we can do these things that we know we should do, why can't we do it here? And, um that's actually probably going to be next week's topic but it is part of this whole now i'm controlling food rather than it controlling me something that i never thought that i could do prior to uh, intermittent fasting healthy supplementation and so forth this just been um, phenomenal and it's not just something that we've just done for a little bit you know i mean i mean we're it's not something that we're thinking oh when we're at this point then we're going to be able to go off that has never crossed our minds, we, you know. whereas before, every diet I've ever been on, I waited until I could go off. I thought about going off all the time. I thought about when this is going to be over all the time. And so, um, one of the things I've learned is that I can control food rather than it controlling me. Um, I'm going to move on because of this, the, the order of this, I'm going to move on to uh, E, I'm going to make that D, and... The people watching it on YouTube and stuff will not even know it. So I'm going to move on to, uh, with this topic, what I learned overweight is not always our fault. And, um, this goes back to what I was just saying about how, uh, it always eluded me, you know, how could I have the self-control to get up and ride every morning, to get up and discipline my children, to get up and, and t- train my children, teach them to run a, a home school for 32 years, but yet not be able to do this. You know, I, I just didn't get it. And now I know a lot about, um, not everything, but what I have learned so far about overweight, about, um, both from a hormonal standpoint, as well as from a, um, Uh, Brain standpoint, I understand that a lot of uh, overweight is not always our fault and uh, I'm not one to just really um, Pass the buck. I guess I would say Uh, I'm kind of a um, uh, You know, you know suck it up buttercup kind of person (laughs) You know, I I I don't know it's just the way we raised our kids, you know Well, you don't want to do it. You know, you just have to do it anyway. I'm sorry, you know So I'm not one to just pass the buck or to say, you know, This isn't your fault, you know, you don't have to take responsibility for it. That's not really me at all, actually. I mean, I'm a nice person, don't get me wrong. But anyway, but I'm not one to just make excuses or pass the buck. But what I have learned in the last year about hormones and um, overeating Has just opened my eyes to how so to to the answer to that question. Why couldn't you do that? Why can't you do this, this, and this? But you can't do something as easy and as simple as just stopping when you've had two cookies, you know, or whatever it might be. Um, And what you know, why can you do this, but you can't exercise consistently? What's wrong with you, you know, kind of thing. And um, I was hard on myself because I just thought, you know, I just don't have whatever it takes. Um, but now I have learned a lot that I want to share with other people because not, not just so that we can say it's not my fault, but I want to share with other people so that we can say, this isn't all my fault and there are ways I can fix it. And that's, that's the most exciting thing to me that we, it's not all our fault. But at the same time, there are things that we can do that will turn it around and that will make it a lot easier and a lot better for us. And I know that that now how I feel about myself as a person more in control of food, more in control of exercise, that type of thing, is way different than all those years when I didn't feel like I could ever control anything. So first of all, I want to talk from a hormonal standpoint. And... Um, You know, like I said, I'm not the researcher here, but what I've learned has been very, very eye-opening to me. First of all, um, I learned that insulin is the fat storage hormone. So the problem is that we've been taught to keep insulin high all the time and to never let it drop down and so eat frequently so other insulin is high and not realizing that while we're doing this we are telling our bodies would you please store fat for me I'm going to eat every two hours to be sure that you are always there to take fat and store it for me and um you know I mean whose fault could that possibly be when we're just trying to listen to what the most you know current research is or or what the most current dogma is you know and uh here we are telling our bodies to store fat all the time from a hormonal standpoint uh second i had never learned anything about ghrelin i'd heard about i'd heard the word ghrelin um and um you know i knew that it had something to do with hunger but i didn't know that there were a lot of things that we can do to actually train it and there are a lot of things that we can do to tame our ghrelin as i like to call it in the course our ghrelin our growling ghrelin gremlins I'm all about alliteration so anyway uh, but I never learned you know that we could train it that I could actually teach my body not to be hungry so often and I could teach my body how to be satisfied with less food and I had no idea that that was something that I could do that there were specific things and they're not all that hard uh, things that I can do to help control it some of the things like sleeping that's why I'm all about my sleep sleeping drinking water Um, keeping stress low or lowering our stress uh, level Um, fasting is a a huge thing that helps us helps control our ghrelin and helps us and it helps train it we're actually every time that we fast we're training ghrelin to be quiet until it's our eating window Um, it's called clock hunger but it's uh, something that happens whenever we are hungry, again, based on yesterday's eating, based on the clock. And I didn't know that I could actually train that. I mean, did you know that? I mean, who knows that, right? And now that I know that, I'm like, wow, I can do these simple things, and I can help myself to be more in control. Uh, Next, I never learned about leptin. And part of it is that ghrelin is only, I think, about... um, 10 or 15 years old in the research, and leptin is only about 40 years old, so they are relatively, you know, new concepts, and I know that there are books based on them and so forth, so I had heard, you know, bits and pieces about them, but I always thought it was something that I wouldn't be able to do. I, You probably have to eat all this certain foods that I don't like in order to do it, and here, you know, that's not the case, so uh, I had never learned about leptin. I had no idea that I wasn't able to hear its signals um, because Of eating all the time because of being very overweight um, because I uh, drowned it drowned out the signals and didn't and wasn't able to listen to them Um, I had no idea that I could train it leptin I could um, train it I could do things that would make me hear the leptin signals more clearly one of those is intermittent fasting Um, and just just so many things I had no idea here these hormones are going on in the background and, and they're just kind of controlling us. And here we have ways that we can manipulate them, that we can control them. Um, not that we're going to be in full control of them, but things that we can actually do uh, to help ourselves, which I think is so, so, so cool because those of us who've been dieting for 42 years usually feel like, um, you know, we are constantly uh, at odds with our body, like our body's working against us. And here we have things that we can help it to work for us. Um, I never knew that I could increase things that would help me. Like I didn't know that I could increase glucagon, which is the fat-releasing hormone, human growth hormone, which helps us boost our metabolism and helps make us help us build muscle, and we can actually increase those through intermittent fasting and um, through less frequent eating and less frequent insulin spikes and so forth. I didn't know those things. And so in those ways, you know, overweight, you know, obviously I ate a lot of bad things, right? And I ate too much all the time. And I was too sedentary. I mean, I'm not passing the buck entirely. But when I found out these things, I was like, what if Everybody could know these things. What if we could all do these things and give ourselves a better fighting chance against overweight? It's it's just, I I was just blown away by it. And um, so I'm teaching all these things and trying to practice them myself because they're really, really helping us. All right, from a brain standpoint, um, I never knew that when I keep eating things that give my brain reward signals, you know, raising dopamine, that I tell my brain over and over again that I need those foods more frequently. And you know, I just thought I really liked them. I didn't know that I'm actually telling my brain, I need this more, I need this more, I need this more, I need this more, by having those foods too frequently. I had no idea. I never knew that there were. I knew that there were trigger foods. Like I, I can remember before I ever learned anything about intermittent fasting or hormone or brain uh, connection or anything like that with food and metabolism. I can remember saying to that if there's one thing I can't stop eating, it's cold cereal, cat and crunch, fruit loops, apple apple jacks. Okay, yeah, and. I can just eat like half a box, two thirds of a box, three fourths of a box. And I would say that, but I didn't understand that what I was really saying was these foods are trigger foods for me and they cause me to overeat. And it's based on hormones, it's based on leptin not hearing, it's based on ghrelin, leptin not hearing anything because they don't fill you up and so you don't really feel full. And that's why, it was a, there's a real reason for it. There's a reason why I can't stop eating sugared cereal. And so it's it's a it's a, a food that is not very readily heard um, by satiety signals. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, um, you know, the, the dopamine spikes every single time I just kept filling the bowl and filling the bowl and filling the bowl, that um, that combined with the hormonal issues, with not feeling, not sensing the satiety, uh, is why that was a trigger food, and I didn't know that, um, and, you know, using, I can instead use non-trigger treats, um, that I still enjoy, but that do not cause that trigger, uh, in the brain for for the certain foods, or to, to overeat, or to binge, or to continue to eat, I never knew that my brain is completely affected food intake wise by environment. You know, the so funny thing about this is that so much of the stuff is like go back to the olden days, you know, back to the old 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 advice. And I actually have a broadcast coming up and I don't know the exact title because I don't know exactly how many I'm gonna have, but it's something like, you know, ten things that mama was right about or something. Because there are so many things like who knew that you if you drink water you can really tell Grelin that you are not hungry. And how many times did, mom, did your mom tell you, you're not hungry, just drink some water? Okay, that's one of them, right? Um, I did the the um, whole concept here of um, environment. If you don't have it, you won't eat it. Well, no, because I should just have enough control to be able to have, you know, hostess cupcakes and just not have them or have one. Come to find out. That's a true thing. <laughs> How cool is that? It's a true thing that we, our brains are triggered by our environment um, with, our, with, our, with our food environment and that simple environmental changes, i.e. food availability, can affect my wait time, my response time to non-trigger foods, my, uh, the, the time that I wait from the trigger to when I get it will be longer if I have to go get it which will also help to train my brain. So anyway, come to find out, you know, mama was right about a lot of those things. So, you know, I never understood so many of those things, but here they are, you know, all in research, all coming back hormonally, brain-wise, and so forth um, to to really just um, uh, um, helping us with our fasting and our, our our food intake entirely. So, um, and lastly for today um, is uh, what I've learned, sustainability is everything when it comes to weight management. So um, I've always said uh, from my previous weight loss, the time that I lost 100 pounds 25 years ago, um, I I gained it back almost immediately. Um, But I can remember saying that, um, I lost my place here. Okay, I can remember saying that if I don't keep doing exactly what I'm doing right now, I won't stay this small. And I can I got very small and um, I uh, actually remember saying to Ray, if I don't keep doing this, I will not stay this small. Well, just so happens that this was 800 calories and 20 grams of fat a day, and you know, two hours of exercise a day. And, um, so none of us can keep doing this, right? (laughs) So, um, I, I, knew that there was no way that I could sustain that. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, how adherence is, you know, if you can't adhere to it, but a lot of people can adhere to a lot of things for a short period of time. You think about that biggest loser program, you know, those people are adhering to brutality for the weeks that they're there. I've never seen it, but. Um, I've heard of it and I've read about it and um, you know they're just on very very low calories and I guess they exercise like hours and hours a day of course that's not sustainable because even just in our real lives we don't have that much time Um, but I, I didn't realize even though I said it and I knew that the minute I stopped doing that that I was going to gain I just didn't know that like 35% like 75% 75% of people who lose weight gain it back. But of those, 35% gain back what gain back more than they lost. I didn't know that it was gonna be one of that 35%. So, but but I know in my mind, I remember thinking to myself, if you don't keep doing this, you can't you can't stay here. And so the, the bottom line is that whatever we're doing to get there whatever we're doing to get to that goal, that goal weight, that goal size, whatever that is, um, whatever we're doing, you know, supplement-wise, weight-wise, food-wise, exercise-wise, fasting, you know, food choices, caloric intake, whatever that might be, whatever we're doing at that time, unless we're losing to down under our goal, that has to be what we do from then on. And that is why I knew that no matter what I was on before, I was never going to stay if I did manage to get to my goal. If I managed to get to my goal weight with anything prior to the last year of intermittent fasting, I knew that I would never stay there because my hope was in the day this was going to end. right? And so that's why sustainability, I have found, is, is everything when it comes to weight management and you hear people say all the time well it's easy to lose it's hard to maintain and that's why people say that because we can face a lot of things to get to a goal if it's a short term thing so if we have 30 pounds to lose maybe we'll stick to something for eight months whatever it might be we'll get down there we'll go to the gym in the morning we'll go to gym at night and our whole world will revolve around that weight loss and that weight goal that weight management but The question is, can we do that that took us there forever? So, uh, this is another reason why I feel like it's really important to lose with a lot of, lose with many avenues as far as like, uh, don't just put your eggs in one basket, so to speak. And that's one reason why I'm so happy to have found intermittent fasting and to be teaching it because now everything I've learned, I understand the effect that a lot of things come together. I like to say, you know, that we bring these things together for our perfect storm of weight management. And I actually talk about that in the, I think there's a link uh, in my free Calories In, Calories Out game video series. There are 11 things that affect our calories, our weight management, our appetite, our cravings, our size. 11 different things that we can turn this way or we can turn that way And we can have an effect on it. And so, you know, when it it comes to those 11 things, we can bring those things together to create the perfect storm for weight management as opposed to just saying, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to, you know, go down to 1,100 calories because that's what I think I'll need to maintain my weight. Well, let's try to do some things to get that calorie limit up because 1,100 is way too low to sustain. And so the question is, what can we do uh, that will get us to the goal, but that we can also do forever. And, um, and, and that is one reason why I'm so excited about intermittent fasting, because like I said, it's the first thing I've ever done that I haven't thought, only 18 more pounds and I get to go off of this. You know, and in our mind, we know that in 18 more pounds, if we go off of it, we are not going to sustain that weight But it's like oh good I'm finally here you know but instead the approach has to be I'm here and what took me here is what I have to do to stay here Um, so when people start a highly restrictive or highly expensive or highly elaborate or highly time-consuming approach to weight loss sure that they can do it forever at first They put all their time and effort and energy into that. I've seen a lot of people do this, and I know I did this. I had a a boatload of little kids when I lost 100 pounds 25 years ago. I was, I think I had four kids. And I put them in the little red wagon and I wheeled them around two hours every afternoon. Now, thankfully, we used audios and they learned the whole time we were on the road. But, I mean, my whole world revolved around losing that weight and getting to that goal. Um, You know, all of our grocery shopping, all of our food preps, everything, you know, revolved around that. Um, But then we soon find that that highly restrictive, highly expensive, highly elaborate, highly time-consuming method is not something that we can do forever, right? All of a sudden we have parties, we have showers, we have vacations, and then we realize that we can't do it forever. Um, but like I said, this is the first time that I have found something that I feel like this is really something I could do forever. So. Uh, if I was not persuaded of it prior to intermittent fasting, I'm more persuaded than ever that sustainability is truly the key to weight management. Adherence, you know, in the short term, but sustainability for the long term, that we have to be able to, to stick with this for the long term. So, that is part one of what I have learned through one year of intermittent fasting, and I have another hour <laughs> um, next week that I will bring um, on my Facebook group. So, those of you who are um, on my personal page, I just want to extend an invitation to you for a few things, and I hope that they're in your in your description there, but I had so much trouble getting on my personal page, so I'm not sure what all got put in the description and what didn't, but first of all, um, I do have the link, should have the link there, to the calories in, calories out game. Uh, the it's a five day video series and a game board and a, outlines for each day and it teaches you the eleven things that can have an effect on weight size calories metabolism and um, cravings so uh, you know bringing these things together I think especially going into the new year you know we can look and say you know what it's not just one thing how many things can I do right to help myself how many things can I do some of them are just like No-brainers. I mean, who doesn't want to sleep another hour, right? (laughs) So do something easy for yourself. So anyway, that's the Calories In, Calories Out game video series, and that's free. You can sign up for that there. I also have the Intermittent Fasting Startup Charts, and those are also free, and there's a sign up to that. These are all at my blog, DonnaReach.com. And then I have my free webinar. I do uh, three or four sessions at the end of each month, um, so you can uh, sign up to watch one of those. Um, I, I'll put my Facebook group in there. I don't think I have it in there right now, but I do have a private Facebook group um, for, called Donna's Intermittent Fasting Group. And I teach here every week like this. And then I also do what's called fast shot videos that are 10 to 15 minute videos about a specific topic. So like just, just a 15 minute fast shot about ghrelin, just a 15 minute fast shot about sleep or whatever um, that are much shorter and easily digested. And then I also have my course and it is one month long. And I'm starting the next session on January 7th and uh, I teach for one month every day and um, just get you started on the right foot. I call it a month to learn it and a lifetime to live it because once you've done intermittent fasting for a month you can do it forever then. there's It's, it's just getting over taming your, training your hormones and everything that first two or three weeks and I can help you with that. So anyway, thank you so much for joining me. I don't have time for our um, uh, sponsor, but I will put the information in the uh, notes, in the show notes, uh, the Plexus Slim Hunger Control Pink Drink, and there'll be information uh, about that too. So that's our sponsor eat for this week. So thanks again for joining me.